Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Friends with Fantasy Benefits Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Brins, and I am joined on the Push Accept Podcast by Donnie Miller. How are you doing, Donnie? Pretty good. Ready to talk some trades. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems that this has become, uh, considering that we have four people who make up this podcast, it seems like two of them are always missing. I don't know why Colin Weatherwax or Brad Wells um, don't like to make appearances so that we can have all four people on. I mean, last last time we had a show last week, I happened to have the flu, so I couldn't make it. But Brad just doesn't seem to want to come on the show. Colin, <laughs> Colin's apparently tired from a day of watching baseball, so I guess it's a, it's draining. <laughs> yeah, both of them were at – Brad was at his – it looks like he was coaching his kids' baseball game, and then Colin was at opening day, Rangers opening day. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you go to you go to a baseball game, then you come home, you watch more baseball, but then you're apparently too tired to come and talk baseball <laughs> on a podcast. So that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, and we need to get Brad like a a mobile headset so he can do it. Since he's so busy, he can do it on the go. I mean, if we were paid like ESPN so that we could like do that type of stuff, that'd be great. But uh, <laughs> we're just friends with fantasy benefits here. We're kind of. Uh, limited with mobile headsets and technology of that nature, I think. But we'll we'll work on it. We will talk to the owners above us, and we'll see what we can get going. You, you don't think Justin would would approve it? I think we Justin's send him the invoice. Busy. I think Justin. I could send Justin the invoice. But I think Justin's too busy with the seventeen leagues that he's got going on and managing everything else. I think that he's got too much on his plate to uh, to go and actually pay that invoice. <laughs> um, and reimburse us, but that's that's just my opinion. So, yeah, hopefully Brad can make the next one. Yeah, um, I mean it's nice because we're going to be doing this show the entire year. We're going to be the Saturday show. Um, we'll even do fill-ins during the week if anyone's not able to do a podcast, which we never hope that that actually happens because we always want to be able to have our shows be able to put out their normal content. But uh, Donnie, why don't you give our listeners uh, your Twitter handle before we get started? It's at D-O-N-N-Y Miller F-W-F-B. Do people typically spell Donnie wrong? Do you have to spell Donnie out? Yeah, everyone everyone likes to spell it I-E, I-E instead of yeah, instead of with a Y. Like even like people that like I work like in groups, we have to work in groups a lot in class, like with for like the and higher divisions, class, right? <laughs> no, with like the business classes, for some reason we have to do a lot of group projects, and for some reason it's always they always spell it I E, and then I have to correct them, and then they still do it. Like I don't know how many people spell their name that way, but well, apparently it happens a lot. I always find it funny when someone asks me to spell Benjamin. It's like, well, how many other ways to spell Benjamin are there? <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean? It's like. I was yeah. like, I don't understand, like, is there a different way? And I was like, how do you normally spell it? And they are like that. And I was like, is there another way? And they are like, no. I'm like, well, then why are you asking me to spell it? I was like, that yeah. kind of defeats the point. If you don't know of another way, why would maybe you need me to spell it out? Maybe they're expecting two J's. I get that my last name is uh, 
my my last name is is German, but that doesn't mean that like my first name is going to be some like obscure spelling. <laughs> the crazy thing is that I was named after my dad, and my dad spells it I E. Then I guess you're not named after your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, like, you, you can find me on Twitter at bbrennis, F-W-F-B. Um, Donnie, why don't we just get started right in on the Push Accept podcast. Um, and as always, listeners, you can feel free to send us any of your trades on on Twitter um, or any other platforms that you may be able to reach us on. Um, if you want to post them in the Friends of Fantasy Benefits discussion group, feel free and we will gladly answer them. If you want to send any emails to the site, um, that those will get passed on to us. Just make sure that you pass on the information of what type of league, the league size, any anything we would need to know to be able to discuss the trade. If you've done a trade and you want our um, input on what we think of the completed deal, uh, feel free to send it in. If you're if you have an idea about a trade, feel free to send it in. If you even have questions about any type of league size, it doesn't matter. Feel free to send it in. We will always put hours in. We will put anything that we get, any content. So uh, just feel free. Um, but when we get started, the first one we have uh, we're going to be talking about is Chris Bryan and Max Scherzer for George Springer and Chris Sale. It's a 20-team uh, Dynasty Points League. So, Don, uh, Donnie, what is your side on this? Um, looking at it, I mean, you're the points guy, but I'm good. I think the Chris Bryant Scherzer side is the, would be the side I would take. I mean, Sale and Scherzer, I mean they're they're so close. Most years they're they're right in the top four with Kershaw and Kluber, where it's kind of a wash between those two. So then I just look at it as Chris Bryant for Springer, and I I would take Chris Bryant even though he did come off the down fantasy year with the RBIs, but I I would take the Chris Bryant and Scherzer side. Yeah. The thing between um, the dynasty aspect is, is that Sale is so much younger than Scherzer and is going to be capable of likely doing the same thing for the next couple of years that Scherzer will, but he has more longevity. So that is something to keep in mind between a dynasty and a uh, redraft league. But then... It's like you said, Chris Bryan is probably ahead of George Springer in Dynasty formats. And even in a points league, they both strike out a lot. They both do walk a lot, so those kind of balance each other out. You're more likely to get steals with Chris Bryant than you are with George Springer at this point in the careers, just because George Springer's had such bad success that he just doesn't really run. And he's hitting out the one hole, which means that his RBIs are likely getting deflated. Um, even though his runs will still be there, there's still power. If you're not getting as many RBIs, he's capable of being a 100 RBI hitter if he was hitting the cleanup hole. But if he's only getting 75 uh, to 80 RBIs and getting maybe only two or three steals a season compared to Chris Bryant, who's likely getting 95 RBIs and uh, maybe six to seven uh, steals at least, I think that you kind of have to go with the Chris Bryant side. Yeah, the, the thing with I think Springer and Chris Bryant are closer than some people think. Springer is a little older than he's twenty eight. He'll be twenty nine later this year. But the thing with Springer is you're getting thirty home runs, no stolen bases. But I mean, the counting stats in that lineup are just they're going to be really good and. With with how the Cubs lineups and how Madden likes to, you know, change everything, change the lineup and the order and everything, like it obviously affected Chris Bryant's RBIs last year. Where like, would we be surprised if Springer has more RBIs than Chris Bryant this year? I don't think we'd be surprised. I think that there's a better chance uh, that they are close in RBIs, at least within five RBIs of one another, than that Chris Bryant is more than five less than Springer. I think the I think the best odds of uh of the three outcomes would be that Chris Bryant is better than five RBIs or better in terms of RBI production than Springer. Um if you had to pick one of those three potential outcomes though. Yeah. I mean it's just the 
the Astros lineup is so good that we're Springer. Springer can get so many counting stats, even though he is hitting in the one hole. Exactly. Uh, just to go off of this trade, if you were the the Max Scherzer and Chris Bryant side, would you want to do a Scherzer for sale deal, just those two? Which side would you prefer? Because I think I would prefer the sale side in a dynasty over to Scherzer, but obviously I would prefer the Chris Bryant over Springer, and I think that that difference is bigger than the sale to Scherzer. Um, so would you... If you were to Scherzer side, would you want Sale over Scherzer? Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, I I'd rather have Sale just because he's younger, and that's that's really the only reason. Because in a points league, you're going to get uh, you're obviously going to get a ton of points from strikeouts from both pitchers. You're going to get a lot of innings from both pitchers. You're going to get a lot of wins from both pitchers. But at the same point in time, because of the age difference and the fact that it's dynasty, you'd obviously rather have sale because of the proximity between the two and value. And I, so I think that if you're the owner of the Scherzer side, you're, you would want to try to do a one-for-one deal. And obviously, if you're the Springer and Sale side, you'd obviously uh, prefer to do the two-for-two. Two. So both owners yeah. try to look at it in different perspectives. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. And also with Sale versus Scherzer, you have to, if you look towards, since it is a dynasty league, if you look like towards next year, like where are the Nationals going to be? Are they going to be a team that, are they going to lose Harper? Are they going to be like a rebuilding team? Scherzer, they're not going to be able to move. But, I mean, that will change how many wins Scherzer gets also. I think it's going to be, I think that's, not as big of a I, – I can understand where you're coming from, but I think the fact that they have Robles in the minors, that they have Juan Soto in the minors, they still have Rendon, they still have Murphy, they have um, Trey Turner. So there's other pieces that they have that if they were to lose Harper, who's you know a premium MVP candidate, so it's not like it wouldn't be – a hit to them, but I think that they'd still, because of the farm system that they have and because of the players that they have up in the bigs, I think they'd still be able to be a competing team, not necessarily a rebuilding team. So I don't think that would necessarily affect Scherzer in terms of a win loss, especially because the Marlins are still going to be bad. The Braves and the Phillies will improve, but who knows where the Mets will be, you know, at any time, even as a Mets fan. Any time I could worry about what's going to happen with the Mets, um, you know, their hitting, their hitting is old. Um, they don't, outside of Rosario and Dom Smith, they don't really have young hitters on their team. Uh, they have Conforto, but you know, I want to see Conforto a improve against lefties and b he's got to stay healthy. So uh, there's so much that can be up in the air that any year that the Mets could go in and be a rebuilding team. And you know the uh, Marlins are going to be rebuilding. So there's a, a good chance that the Nationals are still likely the best team for uh, the next two years over in uh, the National League East. So I don't think that's as big of a concern for fantasy owners. When we move into the next deal, and that's going to be Aaron Noah for Ronald Acuna in the Dynasty League. Uh, we don't really have much else in terms of how deep of uh, how big of a league, I would guess it's probably a roto because uh, it doesn't have anything in terms of head-to-head. So typically the standard is a roto. So if you were in a, in a regular roto, let's say a 12-team dynasty, which side would you prefer, Aaron Noah or Ronald Acuna? Um, the thing, we've had so many Acuna trades, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure every other trade we talk about has Ronald Acuna in it. But... Um, like I was, me and Colin were talking about it last time. I'm, I'm going to take Aaron Nola. I'm going to take the proven guy and a 12 teamer. Nola's like a borderline ace, probably your, your second pitcher. I'm going to, I'd rather roll with that than Acuna, especially with not knowing like if they have NA spots or not knowing exactly when Acuna is going to come up and not knowing what he's going to be able to really do yet. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's going to have to be Aaron Noah, only for the fact that as much as I love having a prospect, 
you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Everyone thought that Buxton was going to be someone who was going to be, you know, a perennial MVP type player or at least an all-star type player. And, yeah, he, he's got steals, but he still is having trouble hitting the ball. And, obviously, people have seen Acuna hit in spring training. Uh, he hit every level last year uh, through his rise in the minors. So people expect that he'll be able to hit in the majors. But, you know, he could come up and he could start off strong. Pitchers can make a... Um, a change in their approach to attacking him, and he may not be able to make uh, uh, an approach to improve on what the the pitchers are doing, and he could become like a 270, 260 hitter, for all we know, who still strikes out a lot. Yes, there's power and speed in in his uh, profile, but at the same point in time, you don't know exactly how he's going to pan out. Um, We expect it to be great, but... There's no guarantee that it will be. Uh, with Aaron Nola, the Phillies are an improving team, so you know if it's quality start league, he still gets quality starts. If it's a wins league, Phillies are an up-and-coming team, so they're going to get more and more wins each of the next few years. He gets you a lot of strikeouts. He's pretty much a good workhorse. He's considered uh, their ace, and it wouldn't surprise me if he finished the year as like a top 15 starting pitcher like multiple years out Oh, the next couple of years. So, I think that you kind of have to go with Aaron Nola in this. We were talking about this before we before the pod, but like with prospects, you were saying how you flip a lot of them, and it, sometimes it comes back to bite you, like Bellinger, and that's happened to me a couple of times. But I mean, if we're just for trading, I mean, we know what Aaron Nola is like. He's like a borderline ace of your staff Acuna could be there's so many outcomes that, I mean he could be like Bellinger or Judge he could be like that good not I mean not that type of player but he could be like you know a top 20 guy top 10 guy an MVP guy or he could be you know someone that gets sent down multiple times this year he could struggle he's somebody that hasn't exactly struggled yet so I'm just it's I'm always going to take the proven commodity. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Like with prospects, people thought Lewis Brinson was going to be great and he struggled. People thought when Corey Ray was drafted, he was a great college hitter and he's done absolutely nothing in the minors to be able to show that he's going to be able to succeed as a major league player. Obviously. Players like Ronald Acuna are, are very, very special players. But at the same point in time, you know that you're always going to have prospects that are changing and that are that there's good pitch, there's good prospects. There's always going to be prospects. And if you're good at being able to identify good prospect talent, you're able to get on a player like a Ronald Acuna early and be able to hold on to him. And what you want to do is you want to be able to try to trade a player like Acuna for a proven commodity, like you were saying, it's tough to be able to predict the exact outcome that someone like Acuna will have. We expect it to be good, but, you know, Aaron Judge was terrible when he first came up, and then he was great last year. And then there's players that are absolutely fantastic when they first come up, uh, like uh, Cody Bellinger. You never know exactly what type of player you're going to get if Acuna struggles a little bit outside of the gate. You're never going to be able to get an Aaron Noah type player for him until he proves that he's able to do it. Understandable that you don't necessarily want to move Acuna, but I think that if you're trying to compete, you have to go with the proven piece. Uh, you always want to try to go for a proven piece when you're competing. It's nice to have a player if you're competing like Acuna, but at the same point in time, if you're trying to compete, you want to be able to get that player to help push you over the hump. If he's not going to be able to get, if Aaron Noah can't get you over the hump, then you may not necessarily be as close to competing as you think because Aaron Noah is a stud. I would say even if you weren't competing, if, even if you were a rebuilding team, I would I would get rid of the risk of Acuna and just roll with Nola. Like, even if you're competing or if you're rebuilding, roll with it, with Aaron Nola. Like, that's we already know what he is. He can be the ace of your of your team. 
you know, there's no question marks other than health with them. With the and if, when you're rebuilding, that's all. That's you're just trying to collect good players, and we already know Aaron Nola's. Uh, yeah, well, why don't we? That should that basically brings us into the next deal because this is a perfect situation to talk about it. Who would you rather, Ronald Acuna or Josh Donaldson for Dynasty League? This is a league in which I had this trade offered to me. I have Ronald Acuna. I've sat on him for roughly a year. It's a it's a fifteen team Dynasty League. It's uh, Roto. There's not a ton of bench spots. There's only seven bench spots, so I've used one on Acuna for over a year. But I'm not really – I would like to compete, but I don't think that Donaldson would help me compete for the title this year. I still think I'm more than a couple pieces away um, just because I have some up-and-coming players that, you know, I still have like an Otani and an Okuna that still have to prove that they can do it at the major league level. But who would you take in this Donaldson versus Acuna side? I would still take Donaldson. Um Unless something comes out about his shoulder not being right still. I mean, some people were worried about him today. He looked like he he made a couple of throws and he was in pain, so that might be a thing to monitor. I mean, if it if he is hurt again, that maybe changes it a little bit. But for the most part, I'm still going to take the proven guy. Does it change your opinion that there's five outfielders that are used – Every single day, does that change? Like, would that ever change your opinion depending on how many positions are utilized? Yeah, I mean that that definitely plays a part of it. But like you said, you're sitting on Acuna, and he's in a bench spot, so that also kind of has to even it out because you know you're wasting a bench spot that's somebody that you could be you know putting in every couple days. Instead, you're holding on to Acuna. Yeah, I mean, basically the best player on the way for a lighter right now is Joe Panic. I mean, he did hit a home run against Clayton Kershaw today. But <laughs> it, that's basically like if I didn't have someone like Acuna then, and I had someone like Donaldson, sure, I can understand that. But if I had Acuna as opposed to a different bench spot like someone like Joe Panic, then obviously I would want uh, you want the high upside player. But I, the only reason I haven't completed the deal was just because I wasn't sure exactly what was happening with the shoulder injury and because at third base, um, I already have uh, Nolan Arenado. So it, it makes it a little tough because it automatically relegates uh, Donaldson to my uh, to my utility spot. And I wasn't sure if Donaldson as my utility player is more valuable than Acuna in a five outfielder league. So that was part of the reasoning for me holding off. It's hard not to get caught, caught up in the hype with, with some of these prospects like Acuna, Vlad Jr. Like they're literally like the most polarizing players right now. Like all, that's all anyone's talking about. Every time they hit it, they hit a home run in spring training. It was like, it was like new. It was like, it was on ESPN. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you always have those polarizing players, but it's like, that's the thing, you'll always find a polarizing player, and in three years' time, there's going to be another a top ten player that is going to look like a, a can't-miss player, and we don't know who it is right now, but there's going to be someone, um, there's always going to be players that are considered can't-miss generational-type talent players, you know, you've had Bryce Harper, you've had... Byron Buxton, you've had Chris Bryant, you know, uh, it's players like that that are always up there. It's right now it's Vlad, it's, it's Acuna, you know, there's always going to be players and it just depends on how you're able to maneuver the wire. So when we move into the next deal and we're going to be talking about Eric Hosmer for James Paxton in a dynasty team. Now this league is another league in which, um, I am in. You are also in this league. Um, this is a deal. It's 20 teams, 40-man rosters. So it, they're very deep. Obviously, you understand because you've been in this league. You understand how difficult it is to get players of value, um, especially on the pitching side because of how deep these leagues are. Um, now, it's never easy to get hitters, but there are more hitters that are usable than uh, pitchers, it feels like, in this type of league. So which side would you rather have? Yeah, I mean, I think this one, we try not to ever say it, but I think this one would depend on the team construction. If you needed, if you needed the, 
you know, a first baseman or if you needed some power or RBIs, you go Hosmer. If you needed the innings, pitching, ratios, whatever, take Paxton. But without knowing the team construction of either team, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna lean Paxton just because in a 20-team league, it's so hard to find quality innings, and I think Hosmer, you can replace him a little bit easier. Obviously, since you're in this league, what would you say is a cutoff of first baseman players that you'd be comfortable having um, on your team? Like, who's a cutoff? first baseman that you'd want to have that would say, I'd rather have Paxton than Hosmer in this league? What type of player? I mean, Justin Bohr is my starting first baseman, so I don't think I'm the person to ask. Uh, I, I didn't mean you <laughs> off your specific team, but I'm saying, like, if you had any first baseman in the league, what would your cutoff be to say, I don't need Hosmer, I'd rather have the pitcher? Um, I mean... Will Myers. Okay. So Will Myers, who's roughly a 10 to 15 first baseman, I would guess for you, right, in dynasty formats? Is he, yeah. is he better than a top 10 first baseman for you or no? No, I, I think he's closer to 15. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is, like in an average league, in an OBP league, I think he's um, a little bit higher uh, than in an average league. But obviously, now he, he's going to lose his alpha, he's going to lose his first base eligibility so um that makes it a little tough but i think for me a player okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like a, uh, a Matt Carpenter. Well, for me, I think a player like a... Uh, Reese Hoskins or Carlos Santana, someone of that nature who's probably around 10 to 12 at first base, that's someone who I'd be like, I'm comfortable with those guys that I don't need someone like an Eric Hosmer. I think if I had someone someone below that, you know, if I had someone like a, a Matt Olson or a, a Zimmerman, a Ian Desmond, Justin Smoke, Josh Bell, I think if I had players like that, I'd be more inclined to try to do an upgrade for someone like Eric Hosmer. Um, personally, I prefer Paxson over Hosmer, but considering that Paxson's unable to stay healthy, he's like turning into Rich Hill at this point. When he's, when he's in, he's fantastic. He gives you great numbers, but you know that there's a great chance that he's not going to be healthy the entire year. So it makes it tough. I've, I've brought up the 2-0 comparison uh, basically throughout my entire time that I've been on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Yeah, it was great that you could always have a player back when he was on the Rockies that would be great for the 120 games that he would play, 100 to 120 games. But then you have to build in the fact of your draft value that you're going to find someone else for roughly 60 games extra for a year. And depending on your lease size, that's tough. Now, pitchers, you can go pick someone up off the wire. Uh, They may not be great, but you can pick someone up if you need innings. But if you want quality innings, those are going to be tough. So you need someone who's reliable, and while Paxton is reliable when he's healthy, it's tough to rely on his health. Yeah, the thing with uh, with like I said, I would take the Paxton side for the same reasons. But the thing with Hosmer is that it's like so, so many people hate on him because he's like he's like not the sexy first baseman that everybody wants. He's not the he's not like the Goldie and Freeman, but he's just like he's just solid. Like he hit 318 last year with 25 home runs. 
98 runs, 94 RBIs, and six stolen bases. Like you would take that from even from any of your positions. You take just that player. But there's there's so this is there's this negative thing with Eric Hosmer that I don't know. Just nobody likes him. It seems like. Well, I mean, I think that part of the reason that not everyone is always high on him is, yeah, last year he hit 318, but his career average, even with that 318 mark, is only 284. He pay, he plays um, roughly 149 games a year, so he's he's a very durable player. But um, he's even with the last two years in which he hit 25 home runs back to back years, he still averages only 18 a year for his career. So even if he's at 20 to 25. Um, he's still likely only going to get you, you know, 90 or so RBIs, which is still a good number, but, um, you know, five or so steals, but he's going to get caught stealing a 280 average a 340 on base. Yes, there's good numbers in there, but, um, at the same point in time, he's a bit vanilla. And I think that's why players overlook him and they'd rather someone like, uh, I'm sure there's some owners out there who would prefer someone like a, a Joey Gallo in a one-year league over someone like a uh, Eric Hosmer just for the power upside. Uh, I'm not one of them uh, because I think Nick Gallo is a f- terrible baseball player. And I've been saying this, but there are owners that you know are like, oh well, I need power, and I have all my other players are pretty much set. They have high fours and everything like that, except for first base. And I need someone with a lot of power. I don't care if he strikes out a ton and hits only two twenty. So they may go for someone like a Joey Gallo, or they may go someone like a Matt Wilson, something of that nature. Um, like I said, I wouldn't do it, but I'm sure there's fantasy owners who do. So yeah, this, this trade is this. I mean, the more we talk about it, the more we dig into it. It's actually, I mean, it's really, close it's like it depends on what you think like risk wise like can you take the risk in Paxton because I mean obviously Paxton's like Rich Hill or he just he can be so good when he's healthy but he's never healthy like he may only pitch 80 innings one year or he could pitch you know whatever close to 200 and then with Hosmer it's like you said he doesn't miss games like he just plays every day he doesn't hurt you anywhere He's a 90-90 guy with a good OBB and a good average. Gets you a little bit of steals. Not great power-wise, but can chip in 20 home runs. I mean, it's it's pretty even. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously, like, this was a trade that was revolving around me. And at the time, I had um, – well, I still have him, but I had – uh, Paul Goldschmidt, and the reason that this was brought up was because I had a chance to acquire Hosmer in a trade that would move Goldschmidt off my team. And, you know, I've been kind of spoiled for having Goldschmidt. So going from Goldschmidt to Hosmer, it's, it's clearly a downgrade. And it's like, well, you know, I obviously don't like Hosmer as much. So it's like, well, I should then obviously go for the pitching. But at the same point in time, if you don't have someone as a as a first baseman to fill in and you're trying to like then make multiple trades and you know, you can't do that. But if you had someone, like I said, it's like a Carlos Santana as a backup, I could consider still sitting with Carlos Santana instead of Eric Hosmer and going with a Paxton, even though the durability isn't necessarily there. Donnie, why don't we take a quick break and we'll have a message from our sponsor. If you like betting, I have a deal for you. Eli Rosenfeld of Vertex Betting is one of the best in the business, and unlike many betting information sites, he gives away all of his info for free. There is no risk, no signups, no money needed to get the best betting insight in the business. Go check out VertexBetting.com and see why it beats all the other sites out there. If you want to try out betting for the first time, click on the Bet Now link and sign up for MyBookie and or XBet with a $45 deposit, and you will get a $50 rebate from Vertex Betting. Just tell Eli from Vertex that FWFB or Justin Mason sent you for a $50 rebate on a $45 deposit. All right, Donnie, why don't we jump into the next trade, and that is going to be Giancarlo San and Dylan Bundy for J.D. Martinez and Johnny Cueto. This is a six-keeper, ten-team league, six-by-six head-to-head league, with total bases, and there's only three outfielders. So which side would you rather? Uh, because for me, Johnny Cueto is trash. 
and I don't consider him anywhere near a keeper. So for me, it's basically just J.D. Martinez and a keeper for John Carlos Sand. And I, I wouldn't consider Dylan Bundy a keeper when there's only six keepers, more than likely, especially because it's only 10 teams. Um, Dylan Bundy's not a top 100 player for me. Um, do you disagree that it's basically between Sand and Jay Mart? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think that's what it is. I I really don't like Dylan Bundy. I, I know he was a top prospect and talented and whatever, but the Orioles just can't develop pitchers. Like It's it's just not going to happen. Uh, yeah. You said the Royals. Oh, yeah, the Orioles. The Royals can't develop pitching either, so to be fair, both teams are bad at it. Yeah, like I'd rather have Cueto, and it's I'd rather have Cueto than Bundy, and I don't even consider it close, really. But yeah, I mean, it's basically Stanton versus JD Martinez, and this one is got to take Stanton, right? I mean, you know where I sit with Giancarlo Stanton. Um, I think that he is an injury-prone guy, and basically, I've said this on other podcasts that if you're going between J-Mart and Stan. They're both going to get hurt. Um, Stan probably has better upside with power and everything, but you know you do understand J.D. Martinez is capable of uh, being able to have a ton of power and probably have a better average, um, even in the same amount of games as Giancarlo Stan. Now, the thing is, is it's total bases, and... Between the two of them, Giancarlo Sands probably more likely to hit more doubles and home runs playing in Yankee Stadium than uh, Jay Mart is likely to hit doubles and home runs playing in Fenway. Um, so it's pretty close. Obviously, like if the keepers are already done and we're looking at this entire year, then I would sit. I would definitely go with the Bundy and Sands side because Bundy is way better than uh, Johnny Cueto for me. Um, I think that if you're still, like, obviously the league started today, so it's tough to say, hey, well, you know, you're still probably deciding keepers. So my guess would be that the keepers were already decided, so I would go with the stand side. And even if the keepers weren't, I probably was still going with stand side because I think stand's probably a better keeper and could knit you a better return than someone like J.D. Martinez. With with J.D. Martinez and Stan, I mean, it's... I kind of think of him like as not the same player, but I mean they're basically like the same player this year. Stan obviously with the little bit more power upside, but I mean they're both in they're both in hitters parts with loaded lineups. They're in the same division, you know. They're both guys that have have had injury concerns. You know, some people throughout the like you said the you know they're injury prone, but I'm still just with the. With what Stanton can do, and you know he he flashed it last year with being able to flirt with fifty home runs. I'm going to take you know that's the side I'm going to take. Yeah, I mean, like I said, either way, I'm probably picking the sand side. Um, if you get Bundy and it, keepers already decided, I'd rather have Bundy than Cueto, and I probably would rather stand over JD Martinez. I I'm not a as much as I like both of them, I mean, obviously this year I'm not as high on Stan as everyone else, but I think that you could definitely get a better return for Stan. I mean, I've traded Stan in a points league for Jose Altuve straight up. So, obviously, you can get a better return for Giancarlo Stan because of his quote-unquote upside as opposed to what you kind of have for J.D. Martinez. There will still be people who think that J.D. Martinez isn't as good, which will not net you as big a return, so... Yeah, I don't really understand the the trade for the for the JT for the JD Martinez and Cueto side like or no for for the team giving up Staten and Bundy like why would you give Staten and Bundy up for a lesser Staten basically and then Cueto? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, my guess would be that um, if the person who sent the deal in was probably the JD Martinez side, and they were probably asking for it. Um, but my guess would be that this inside would not want to move. All right, Donnie, why don't we move into the next deal, and that's going to be Josh Bell and Francisco Lindor for Ian Kinsler and Josh Donaldson. This is also, it seems like the same exact league, six keepers, <laughs> ten teams, six-by-six six head-to-head 
with total bases and three outfielders. So uh, three outfielders doesn't necessarily matter because none of these players are playing in the outfield. So who would you rather have? Because I think for me, it's a pretty easy decision. I'm taking Josh Bell on the door side. Just Lindor is a better is better keeper than Donaldson. Um, Josh Bell has shown some, you know, he's shown some power. Should play, he'll play every day for the Pirates. I mean, it's it seems pretty easy just to take Lindor. Donaldson could be hurt, you know, could be going to the DL anytime now. Yeah, as much as I love Josh Donaldson, I think I have to pick the Lindor side. Um, I personally am not a big Josh Bell guy, and I like Ian Kinsler. And my guess would be that the keepers are already picked, and this is post-draft, and this is ready for the regular season. Um, I could consider for this year the Donaldson and Kinsler side over the Bell and the Lindor side, potentially. But because keepers are involved, I think you have to pick the Lindor side. I don't really think that there's much discussion about that because of what he's able to do and the uh, and the youth on that side um, over the age on the other side. Even if even if there's an MVP season for Donaldson, uh, honestly, how far behind do we think Lindor would be from that type of player? Um, and then on top of that, you're still getting someone like Josh Bell who has demonstrated some power. Yes, Ian Kinsler can be decent, but I, the keeper side makes it easier to pick Lindor. Did you have anything else to add on that one? I think that was the quickest one we've had. <laughs> no, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. Like I, I do like Kinsler probably more than Josh Bell. You know, just in that in that lineup. For the Angels, but I just, I mean, I just like Lindor a lot better than Donaldson. That's what it comes down to. Especially because total bases are involved. I think that there's a better chance that Lindor could have doubles and triples and be yeah. healthy the entire season compared to Donaldson, who may have a lot of singles and home runs. And it, it, we just don't know exactly where he is because of his health. And I love Donaldson probably more than a lot of other fancy owners. I still consider him a, a top 20 guy. Um, I, I consider him like a top 30 dynasty guy, maybe even closer to top 25, but I still think he's great. It's just Lindor is just so good and he's young and it's tough to pass it up in any type of keeper, especially with total bases. Plus, I mean, Lindor is in the load lineup while, you know, Toronto is basically, they're rebuilding basically without announcing the rebuilding, but all they have is really Donaldson. Exactly. Why don't we move into next deal, and that's going to be Carlos Martinez for uh, Reese Hoskins. This is, a once again, the same league, it seems, because it's six keepers, ten teams. It's six by six, head-to-head with toll bases and three outfield. Now, obviously, you can play Hoskins in the outfield or in first base in this type of league, but... What would you rather have between the pitcher and the hitter um, in this type of league? Um, I believe Colin did this trade. I believe he got the Hoskins side. But um, I think I'm going to take the Hoskins side. And I know we've been saying don't don't pay for you know unproven guys, but I mean Hoskins did show his big time power. You know he's got a little bit of speed with him. The Phillies don't have the best lineup around him, but I think I'm going to take Hoskins in this one. Yeah, for me, I think I'm also going Hoskins just because as good as I, as much as I like Seymour, and I think that he's a top tier talent. There's a lot of blow up in his arm, you know. And show today in opening day, he could walk five pitcher, uh, five batters any given day. He can strike out a lot of people. He can be on top of his game. But his control isn't always there. And when you're playing like uh, for an owner like Matheny, you could get pulled at any time because Matheny doesn't necessarily know how to uh, manage a team as much as we would like. And Matt Thompson will be the first to say, I hate Mike Matheny. But um, in terms of fantasy, we don't want Matheny having anything to do with the pitchers because uh, it's not like we're very happy with how – St. Louis has handled a lot of their pitching stuff over the uh, over the last couple of years under Matheny. So 
it's understandable to not know what to do with Hoskins because he's was so great in such a small amount of time. But I think that he's got a lot of power in his bat. I think he's capable of getting on base. He's still a good hitter. Um, I think that he is an improving hitter and it's a six by six. Obviously there's total bases and he's capable of playing first, uh, first base and outfield. And I think that that's, very usable, and I think that Hoskins um, and Carlos Martinez are very similar in terms of where they are in keeper rankings. And typically, when you have that, you typically try to go with the hitter. So, and with with it being ten teams, it's a little bit easier to to take the risk on from Hoskins. Also, yeah, because you're able to. You're, if he doesn't have as great of a year, your likelihood of being able to find someone in the player pool for hitting is easier. You're also able to find other pitchers, um, depending on how big the roster size is. You're able to find other pitchers um, that could have breakthrough seasons that you could probably pick up off the wire. You know, if it was a deeper league, pitching is obviously something that you may want to value more um, because there's some, there's always some hitter that you're able to find on the wire that's, quote-unquote usable it's tough to find a usable pitcher in deeper leagues um unless it's like a middling reliever and you're just getting like strikeouts and ratios but to find a good starters it's tough so while we move into the next trade and uh this is going to be our last trade for the evening uh, we're going to talk about Kyle Seeger for Mike Clevenger. This is a dynasty league. We don't have any more information past that, but I think for me, it's Kyle Seeger, and we kind of talked a little bit about this before the podcast started, but because we don't know where Mike Clevenger's floor could be, um, it's tough to kind of go with him. I understand that there's upside from him, but you know, I want to be able to see it for a long period of time because for all I know, his floor could be that he's a 4.5 ERA with a 1.3 whip. He could have 10 wins and a 7.5 uh, K per nine. But is that someone that you really want? Or is you know someone like Kyle Seager who could hit like 260 to 275, 25 home runs with 85 to 90 RBIs? You know, I think the consistency, even though he's not always great, but there's consistency in his bat. Um, what side would you rather? Um, like you said, we were only given that it's a dynasty league. So given that, I struggle to pick a side. If it's a shallower league, if it's a 10-team league, I think I'm going to take the the potential upside with Mike Clevenger. But if it's a deeper league, I'm going to take the safe, reliable guy in Seager. So if it's a 12-team league, I think I'm going to lean Kyle Seager, like you said. Yeah, obviously, because we don't have much more context other than it's a dynasty league. Yeah, there, you know, Clevenger could be a, a really good pickup because if he has a great year, you know, then it's uh, the likelihood is that you're going to get more than Kyle Seeger in a trade. But they did lose Mickey Calloway, they did lose Dave Island um, to the Mets. So who knows how the pitching will be this year? You know, that that development may not be as great um, under the new pitching coach and everything as. Uh, as it would have been under Callaway, and it's tough to say that you're going to uh, be as happy with um, what Clevenger's able to do. Yeah, I mean, you've seen times in which over the last couple of years, Kluber was great, and then Kluber wasn't, and then Kluber was great again, then he wasn't, and then he's been great for the last two years. But, you know, Trevor Bauer's still someone who hasn't fully harnessed his potential. Carlos Carrasco seems to have, but Danny Salazar hasn't. You know, what makes what makes Mike Clevenger someone who you can automatically peg as, as a player who's going to just automatically figure it out and be great and be a top 30 pitcher uh, or starting pitcher? And even if he's top 30, is that better than Kyle Seager at this point? Like, what, what where would you say Kyle Seager is even to, like, what rank of starting pitcher? Um, I mean, like, top top 25? Top thirty. So, so yeah, that's the thing. Like if Clevenger, like Clevenger at his best is probably what a top twenty-five, top thirty starter anyway. So his likelihood at his best probably even the word Kyle Seager is. And right now, I don't think he is at that stage. So right now, it's tough to say that you can't that you don't pick Kyle Seager. Yeah, 
Yeah, like like we were saying, like we don't know the context, but in the shallower leagues, you know, if you project Clevenger to be a top fifteen pitcher this year or a top twenty pitcher, then you know, then go ahead and take the risk. But in a deeper league, it's it's not worth the risk because he has to be he's going to have to be a top fifteen or twenty guy for you to win this trade. You know, Seager is is solid. You know, in, in deeper leagues, he's probably your starting third baseman. Yeah, probably, and uh, even in shallower teams, he's likely your corner um, or a utility. So he's still he's still likely starting for you in in a good majority of leagues. And Clevenger um, needs to be able to hit what his projection for a top tier pitcher could be for you to have even value in a trade, uh, like we were saying. So, Ari Dunny, why don't you uh, tell our listeners where you can be reached on Twitter and what you're working on? So it's at Donnie Miller FWFB, and I'll be hopefully doing this show every week or every two weeks. It kind of depends on if you guys are able to send us stuff. You know, with the season starting, there should be a lot, a lot more trades going on. Just you know, however you want to send it to us, send it to us. You know, if it's on Facebook or Twitter, whatever way you guys want to send it to us, and give us as much information as as you can, and that all helps. And I can be reached at Brands FWFB. Uh, it's like Donnie said, we would love to be able to get as many trades. I mean, I guess Donnie, Colin, Brad, and I ha- are in enough leagues that there's going to be enough trades that um, we'll be able to discuss. But we would love to be able to have our listeners give us uh, their thoughts and, and trades from their own lives because trades happen in every league and people always want to know how how they did and they want to know if they quote-unquote, want to trade or if they're happy with a potential outcome. So feel free to send those in. Uh, you can find me on the Friends with Fantasy Benefits basketball podcast that uh, unfortunately had taken a hiatus because of the fact that I was out with the flu. Um, but now that I'm back and getting under everything, obviously the basketball season's winding now, but uh, we'll still be trying to do some dynasty discussions in that. You can find me on the regular Wednesday show, which is uh, the Kuhn and Friends podcast with Ray Kuhn and Evan Peterson. And you'll be able to find me, Donnie Miller, potentially uh, Brad Wells and Colin Weatherwax on uh, this Push Accept podcast. And uh, for the rest of us at Friends with Fantasy Benefits, have a great baseball season, everyone. <laughs>